Okay, welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And as we continue down this road of uh, holiday beers, Brian, what did you bring for us today? We have got um, an annual tradition at the Peterson household, Mm -hmm. which is the Prairie Bomb Christmas edition. Um, Each year they make a new version, and it's usually North Pole (laughs) of 13% alcohol. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, it was a Christmas pun for y'all. There you go. So, Prairie Artisan Ale's Christmas Bomb, Imperial Stout Brewed with Spices. Yeah. Hmm. Cinnamon's one of the spices. You're I testing know. the limits for me here. I got to tell you. I'm just trying to introduce you to some stocking stuffers. They have great labels, though. They have really good artwork. And this one's cool. We were talking about it maybe last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, an interesting one because it has um, something that you would see in a highlights magazine for a, for a kid. Which is like spot the differences or a cereal box. They mm-hmm. do these sometimes. Dolan, do you know what Highlights Magazine is? Did you ever have Highlights? No. no. Well, it's because you're like 16. So, right? There's you still just, time. He hasn't graduated from high school yet. Is that what he's? So this is like an internship for Potentially, him. Potentially, like yes. Getting civics class honors or something right now. <laughs> that was weird. So I just looked over your shoulder and there was just a dog walking. Yeah, just out there, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're at Atlas." Yeah, welcome to Atlas. So, okay, so anyway, yeah, there's spot the differences. Spot the difference. Twenty two yeah. different ones, and I I, I only got to like fourteen. So I, I can't believe there's maybe after uh, beer buzz we'll find them all. Mm, maybe, probably mm. not. But the rabbits are facing a different way. That's one. That's one of them. So one down, twenty two to go. Yeah. An infinite more to go. Okay, so I'm going to... I'll give you a little information about the... I can reach the glasses here. If I can reach it without knocking the microphone. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little information. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Look at that color. What are you doing, man? I am going to just enlighten your life like a Christmas tree. This this may be the darkest beer that we've had yet. Maybe. might be. You're about to have a drip, too. It's coming down the bottle. There you go. Mm -hmm. Save it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for giving me the tall pour. I appreciate it. Well, you like these, so... I I, do. So, okay, so Prairie Artisan Ales, located in Krebs, Oklahoma. Krebs. I like the name of that. Krebs. Yeah. It sounds like a town in Oklahoma. I assume Krebs is just right outside of Tulsa somewhere, but like one of those, like, you know, La Vista outside of Omaha or whatever. So, uh, founded in 2012, uh, so only six years old. Kind of like us. Yeah. But they have distribution in 25 states and five continents. We have distribution to a lot more states than that, Rich. Yeah, that's true. But not five continents. Though. Not yet. Let's be honest. It's out, Staffing outside the United States is probably not something that we want, that any agency wants to no, do. That's a pain in the neck. Yeah, I would not spend any amount of money on that. However, they have, they have distribution on five continents. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. How many are there? Seven? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I wish you wouldn't have asked that because I don't know. Dolan, you're still in school. Jamie, seven. do you know? Seven. It, do you know how many continents are there? She wasn't paying attention. That's okay. No, doesn't know. Seven. seven? Oh, Dolan says definitely seven. Okay, cool. I bet it's not going to Antarctica. Mm, no, probably no. So now we just have to figure out the last one. Australia? Want to go to Australia? China? I don't know. We'll Is see. Is it going to Asia? Maybe. I don't right. know. We'll find out. So three locations, uh, downtown Tulsa. There's the Tulsa Brew Pub, the downtown Tulsa Brew Pub, uh, the OKC Tap Room in Oklahoma City, and Prairie Three Four Five in McAllister. So Three Four Five, I assume, is their area code. Maybe I don't know. The 
prefix on the phone number, maybe something like maybe. that. Maybe. Yeah. So, yep. So those three locations, by far, the downtown, the downtown Tulsa ones looks the uh, looks the nicest. They're kind of known for in the wintertime, for sure. They're stouts. Their mm-hmm. stouts are always there. Um, and they make different versions. They have a birthday bomb. They have just a plain straight bomb. Um, they do what's called a deconstructed bomb, which mm-hmm. is really cool. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's like four bottles. And it's the – so it would basically be like this beer. Mm-hmm. And then they'd make another version where they would take out maybe one ingredient or two ingredients. Oh. And then they just keep going down to like the base beer. So okay. it's like the base beer, the end result, and then there's two beers in the middle that you can taste where the changes are made. Oh. So it's kind of like following it throughout the course to get to the end result, which is kind of a cool idea. Beer puzzle. It's expensive. Yeah, I bet. It's like 48 bucks for a four-pack or something. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess if that's your thing. I mean, they, that the the couple of these that I have tried, they've been good. Yeah. I have not tried the stouts, though, so that's... Well, here we are. Yeah, so... Let's do that. How about let's, that? Let's give this a shot here, and then we'll, we'll talk smells about it. smells like cinnamon more. for me. Whoa. That smells like a like a pie. Mmm. A little bit. A tasty beer pie. Mmm. Mm. Oh, Brian, I don't know. You don't like it? I don't know. I, I got to get into it. No, you? I got to get into it a little bit. That was the first drink, so we got two more to go. Let's give me what, what research did you do this week? I got to get into this a little bit. Well, what I wanted to do uh, this time was do a little bit more in depth research on uh, probably the, I don't know, the thing that you think of the most as far as Christmas, for at least for me, it's Santa Claus. Sure. So. I wanted to go at it in a couple different ways. And the first one is just the history of him and kind of where it came from. Because there's some places online uh, that have done zero research that will say it was basically started by the Coca-Cola company. Right? Yeah. Like that's where we know Santa Claus from. Yeah. Uh, what I could trace it back to uh, was 280 AD, which is in now modern-day Turkey. Um, okay. It was a dude, St. Nicholas, actual okay. saint. And he was known for um, his piety, so he liked to give, Mm -hmm. and his kindness. So those are the two traits that he was known for in life. He was known for um, being very generous. One of the stories attributed to him, uh, and, you know, put the uh, earmuffs on the kids Mm. at this portion because it's going to get a little graphic, but... Don't take um, your headphones off. (laughs) Yeah, don't hear this part. Don't hear this part. Uh, He was known for... Saving three sisters from prostitution slash slavery, um, he, they were being sold by their dad. And he said, hey, uh, dad, mm. um, what can I do here to solve this issue? And he said, well, we need money. Mm. Uh, so he gave money for dowries for all three of the sisters so they could be married as opposed to sold. And that, like, endeared him to the town. And That's it really of, uh, cemented his legacy as a giving and caring person. Some fine Turkish parenting there. You know, times were tough in 280 AD, sure. yeah. I think. And I, I saw Les Miserables. I mean, he stole some bread, right? He was just, he just wanted so. to feed his family. He was, yes. That wasn't turkey. It wasn't turkey. No. Or was it 280 AD? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Um, so his birthday uh, is December 6th. Okay. And traditionally, that's when they were celebrating this. Okay. And it was always known as a lucky day if you were going to get married then that was a great day to be married and also to make a big purchase. So if you're going to buy a house or a car, they didn't have cars in 280 AD. Uh, but if you're mm. going to buy a wagon with, a, sure. you know, kind of a round wheel, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, this was the day to do it, December the 6th. And then tradition that's moved back for us 
over time, now it's a Christmas sort of celebration with Santa. He's intertwined there. Jamie, didn't you Saint buy your Nick? house just recently? Was it was it on December 6th? No, we closed November 30th. Oh, oh so close. Oh. Did you get the keys? So close. Hmm. Oh, well. But it's closer than maybe yeah, other people. I don't way know. better than September 10th or sure. July 4th. Maybe some of the... Maybe you rub off a little bit on you. I think it's luck, yeah, maybe. I periphery. Sure. It's close enough. Yeah. Um, he was known as a protector of sailors and kids. So we're talking about now, once he's he is gone, mm-hmm. he's St. Nicholas, protector of sailors and children. Um, and then when this whole thing called the Protestant Re- Reformation happened, mm-hmm. and you weren't really supposed to be down with the saints like they used to be, mm-hmm. um, he, he escaped that. He survived, and he was still around, St. Mm-hmm. Nicholas. Um and he was, um, they have like uh, medallions you'll see sometimes for him, I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, then it gets to America 1,500 years later, December okay. of 1773. Okay. And in the following year, December 1774, um, it is made mention of him in Dutch language newspapers in New York. Oh. They're getting together to celebrate his birthday. Okay. He was known as Saint Nicholas at that okay. time, okay. and then they shortened that to Santa Claus. And then, as you can see where I'm going, mm-hmm. Santa Claus oh. came from that. Okay, so that's when he first was known here, and that's where that that name comes from. 1804. Um, oh yeah, in 1804. They had a meeting at the National, no, not National, the New York Historical Society, which was like a, a membership group of people, um, and they still have it today. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the people that was there gave out as a gift around Christmas time um, woodcuts that featured what they s- seemed to think of St. Nicholas looked like at that time. Mm. So he was like um, mass produced, maybe. I don't know how many, 15 or 20, but his image was put on something and given out as a gift. Mm. And back at that time, they pictured him drawing. Um, He looked like what you would think of as like a fancy um, Revolutionary War soldier or person. Oh. Like with the pointed hat and uh, like that whole outfit. Like Mm -hmm. that's what Santa Claus looked like in 1776. That makes sense. I mean, that's just just time of, you know, time in history or whatever. So, yeah, exactly. Um, Then, a little bit after that, he was... um, added to, if that makes sense, more of his story was brought to life by um, Washington Irving, which is a name Mm -hmm. you maybe heard in high school or something. Mm -hmm. He wrote Rip Van Winkle Mm -hmm. and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and he was kind of instrumental in adding some character depth to what we know as Santa Claus. And then fast forward to the 1820s, Christmas um, shopping was advertised in papers for the first time in America, so it was like a thing that people were doing. The what year? 1820s. 1820s. And then by the 1840s, whole sections of the Christmas um, shopping was in papers. Mm-hmm. So like we get the ads every Sunday yep. in the paper here. Uh, in the 1840s, that was the first time they did that sort of thing for Christmas shopping. Mm. And then the Sears catalog came out. Wasn't that the best? It was the best. I would run through like a whole pen. Yes. Ink circling oh. just about every page on Man. that thing. Yes. And then you had to put the asterisk next to the thing you really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah. It was, I mean, looking at it as a kid, you knew what you were going to get and not going to get. Like, you True. knew the price level of Santa at your mm-hmm. house. 
So you would kind of even tease yourself to think like, oh, yeah, I want to get oh, that yeah, that huge aircraft carrier G.I. Joe thing. Oh, man. The USS Flag? Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Right? Nah, we, we, no, no. You couldn't even let yourself Mm-mm. hope for that. No, so you'd, no. you'd settle for like the $25 tank or whatever. So I got like the, the, the Rattler instead, mm-hmm. which was still awesome, but it wasn't. Yeah. Like you just got the airplane, you didn't get the whole aircraft carrier. For sure. Right. But I don't know many people that did. You know, there was always legends of that one kid Mm -hmm. somebody knew down the street that their cousin had it or something, but I never saw one. No, no. We have really devolved off Santa, but that's okay because Santa brings gift giving and stuff like that. Yeah, still. Um, This is I thought was kind of cool. So this is where it really starts the traditional mall Santa, Mm -hmm. uh, which I know Dolan is a fan of. Uh, 1841 Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, this uh, toy store built a life size model of a Santa Claus. Okay. And thousands of kids came to see it. And the guy thought, you know what? I'm on to something. Mm. So the next year, he had somebody actually dressed up like a live person as oh. a Santa Claus. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Yep. Salvation Army in the 1890s used Santa Claus um, to get donations. In that time, they were used the donations mostly for food, for people that didn't have uh, meals. They would want to buy them a Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. So they would send out homeless folks in New York City dressed as Santa Claus to ask for money. And that was tied to the Salvation Army back then. Did the homeless people get to keep some of that money? You know, maybe a couple coins fell through the yeah. pocket or something. Makes but sense. I'm guessing that they got some some sort of uh, reward for doing this. Something like, yes. And then, let's see, what else did I find that was interesting? Oh, yeah. the uh, As a parent, you've, I'm sure, read mm-hmm. The Night Before Christmas. Of course. Uh, that came out 1822. Okay. That's where we get the image of Santa being an elf. And he's able to go up the chimney by putting his finger on the side of his nose. Mm-hmm. He's smoking a pipe. Yep. That all comes from this minister who wrote a who wrote a poem for his daughters, and then some other people heard it and they thought it was really good. But mm. he didn't want to publish it because it was trite, because mm. it was about Santa Claus. Yep. 1881. This is where the image of Santa Claus comes from for us that we begin to realize as as what he is now. Okay. Political cartoonist Thomas Nast drew a picture of Santa Claus. I had it on my phone. I was going to bring it in here, but I forgot it. So mm. we'll just check it out later. But okay. basically, it's where we get the idea of Santa being in a red suit with white fringe. He is plump. We'll call him plump. Sure. He has the pipe. He's got um, white hair. Another cartoon that he drew had the workshop elves and Mrs. Claus. So these are all things that Thomas Nast mm. came up with to further push along the image of Santa Claus. And that's gotcha. really where it sticks hmm. for us here in America. So, I guess where was uh, let's where did the tie into the traditional religious Christian story? I assume that's happening at the same time. Then is that maybe I don't know. Not sure. Like how that you know how that kind of ties in. It's interesting be- that a lot of the things that are attributed or things that we think about as being Santa Claus mm-hmm. were were brought by religious people. Mm-hmm. And attached it to that time of year, so oh, I think like especially with the poem, mm-hmm. like that was the big that thing came out um, in eighteen twenties, and it's still I mean, you can go to the store and buy that today, yeah. right? Yeah. So almost one hundred ninety years later, hmm. that one guy's image of what Santa Claus was and where he was, what he was doing. Oh, the other thing that it was attributed to him was him being in the in the sleigh and like flying. House to house, okay. Like that was something new with the reindeer and yeah, and all like that. That was a thing that had not existed before this guy wrote it down in a poem. Interesting. 
So how's the how's the beer? You know, okay, so I, I, I was going to bring that up. It's one of those, like you said, if it warms up a little bit, the flavor profile changes. Mm-hmm. It has changed. And it's, I don't want to say more palatable because that's not, I don't want anyone to think, oh, this is a bad, like yeah. it's bad or whatever. It's different. But it's, I like it more now. Good. I'm so, glad. Than before when it was really cold. It tastes like cold pie before, and that just didn't seem, I don't seem right. You don't eat pie when it's cold necessarily. Some pies. Yeah. You'd want them to or be... liquid. Right. Or, you want a I solid guess. pie. What? Now you're just getting too, you're too many know. details there. I guess that's true. Well, uh, I don't know if I would buy it, but I wouldn't turn it away. How's that? I'll take it. Yeah. That's a win. A mm-hmm. Christmas miracle. Yep. There you go. So here's the other part I got. I was, I've always been interested in my, my house. I don't know about yours, but because we have both here. Uh, my house is a Coca-Cola house. Some people's house is a Pepsi Co. Mm -hmm. house, right? And uh, Coca-Cola grabbed on to Santa Claus very early in the game. And they have really been instrumental in pushing him into the mass markets. Yes. Um, So I wanted to do a little research on that because I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, He shows up for the first time in 1930 in a Coca-Cola ad, Santa Claus. Okay. And he was drawn. I want to make sure I get this name right. Uh, let's see. Haddon Sunblom just rolls off the tongue. It's a heck of a name. Haddon Sunblom did a bunch of oil paintings. He did one every year from 1931 to 1964. He would make an oil painting and then they would use that as a print and put that in ads in like Saturday Evening Post, um, New York Magazine, uh, Ladies Home Journal, some of the major, okay. you know, periodicals of the day because that's what people were reading. Mm-hmm. Um, every year was a different pose or paint like whatever it was mm-hmm. something different every year but sure. the same idea uh, as far as santa claus goes 33 years that's a good gig pretty good for him yeah. right yeah. and then um that was the first time santa himself was in coca-cola ads mm-hmm. um they had in 1930 uh painter out of st louis or actually that was where the painting came from painter's name was fred misen and he painted a shopping santa shopping mall santa so a guy dressed up like santa claus mm-hmm. drinking a coca-cola mm. And they put that painting, uh, it was pictured to be in the world's biggest soda fountain at the time, which was in St. Louis. Okay. So he went there, painted a picture, added this Coke drinking mall Santa, Mm -hmm. which sounds, I don't know, less desirable than the regular guy. Yeah. Uh, But that was very popular. Stupid St. Louis. And then the next year, yeah, look at that. They're stealing the thunder. Yeah. Then the next year was actually Santa. So before that, he had been in advertising, but it had been somebody dressed like Santa. Okay. This is the first time that he it was Santa himself in advertisement, which was 31. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those paintings are still, for, as far as I could tell, were still owned by the Coca-Cola Company. Mm-hmm. And you can see most of them. They have them in their museum that's in, like, Atlanta. Um, there's a Coca-Cola museum down there. And mm-hmm. then they also have loaned it out to different museums, children's museums, um, advertising things so that you can see these paintings still. Uh, and then, which I thought was kind of cool, after about 10 years, and you might you know um, recognize this from comics maybe, mm-hmm. 10 years or so after this run, they decided he needs a sidekick. He needs somebody else to help mm-hmm. push the story along, right? Like a Robin Yeah, character. or a Scrappy-Doo. You know, sure. Like, sometimes not a good idea. Yeah. Sometimes all right. Well, 1942, they came up with the same guy, came up with a guy that... Um, he calls Sprite Boy because he was a sprite, which is another term for elf, right? This sounds like a great idea. He is, I will describe him to you. Um, 
He is what? <laughs> he looks like he's about 40. Okay. So he's uh, definitely not a boy. He does not look like a boy. Mm-mm. He has white hair. And then in his forehead, you heard that right. In his forehead, he has a Coca-Cola bottle cap. Oh, yeah. Which is just permanently there. And he is very creepy looking mm-hmm. in all the ads that he's in with the Santa that they were painting. He's always like looking over Santa's shoulder or like doing some stuff. You've got to like check it out. I got to look this up right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look up uh, Sunblom, S-U-N-D-B-L-O-M, Sprite Boy, and you'll see it. Uh, he's the thing of nightmares. He is like Christmas incarnate but in a terrible upside-down universe. It's so scary. Oh, God, this is terrible. And then uh, the thing was, Coca-Cola owns Sprite, right? Like, that's who makes right, it? They right. didn't make Sprite till the 60s. So af- way after he was done, he only lasted about 10 years. Um, in the 60s, they decided to make a soda pop called Sprite. Sprite, sure. So I don't know if that was because they already owned the copyright for that name or what, but why Sprite he, Boy. I don't understand why he's just got a, like, a just, a, look this See? up. I mean... There's one. There's another one where he's like, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, there's another one where he's looking over the shoulder and Santa's like stealing one out of the out of the fridge. What? First of all, Santa needs to get out of my fridge. Look at this. And it says like, if there's Coke, there's generosity or something. It's like there's Cokes in the fridge. Got presents for you. Santa's drinking out of my fridge. And then Sprite Boy is just in the corner, like creepy. He's like a elf on the shelf before Mm. that was a thing. It almost looks like it almost looks like they've got. He's going. He's not going for the Cokes here. He's going for the Tall Boy. Right there. Oh. He, That's like a Coors what? Light tall boy right there. I think you're right. Yeah. Or an old style, something like that. Oh, that it's is like an a old silvery style. can. Yeah. That's what he was going Coca-Cola. for. Coca-Cola. But Sprite Boy's like opening the fridge for him. And he's like going, shh, don't tell anybody. Don't wake him up. I'm creepy. We're stealing these beers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, it's a terrible idea. That's Coke ads with Santa Claus until 2001. Mm-hmm. They go animated. First time. They use the guy, the Sunbloom guy's artwork from mm-hmm. the 60s. They use that, and they turn it into animation. So 2001, mm-hmm. they have an animated Coca-Cola commercial, and it was created by a guy who in 1999 had won an Oscar for the best animated short. He had this really cool way of animating paintings, oil okay. paintings specifically, right. and that's what these paintings were. And he was a Russian guy, and he had won an Oscar, and then a year later he built this big Coca-Cola campaign, and... That, hmm. that came out, and, and that was uh, and that's basically the first from. time he was animated hmm. for a Coca-Cola commercial. Was one of, I assume one of his was the that iconic Coca-Cola Santa Claus where he's kind of leaning back a little ways, yep. and he's got the bottle. Yep, of, for sure. Yep. That's what you think of. If, like, And there's, you know, like, as you know, in collectible world, mm-hmm. Coca-Cola collectibles oh. are like some of the creme de la creme. Yes. And then if you can even, like, narrow it down from there, there's Christmas coat collectibles, mm-hmm. and those are th- those are expensive. So if you could, like, get an original one of these paintings, oh, be worth yeah. a bunch of bucks. That's a lot of money. For sure. Hmm. Interesting. That's what I know about Coca-Cola Santa. <sighs> okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, very fitting for the time. Yeah. And there's lots of Santa Claus on the uh, label here. Well. There's none. Okay, you're right. I was Spot wrong. the differences. Yeah, well. You know, that's the reason I did the research, because I thought, oh, man, there's got to be a Santa on here. There's not. There's no, no there's Santa a Santa. Here. Look. Is there? Is uh, his legs? You can just barely see him up there on the uh, On the, the chimney? On the, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. There's our tie-in. So so there's a little bit there. So, You know what? It, it's not bad. I mean, I'll take that. we got to get it on every one, right? Yeah. We have a T-shirt. It's not bad. You know what? I'm telling you, you've got to trademark this. It's not bad. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Yep. 
I'm I'm really surprised. I I was not uh I wasn't sure what to think here. A little cinnamony though. A little yeah. a little cinnamony. It is. Uh that will change in a year. Usually what I do with these, mm-hmm. just for the listener at home who's, you know, trying to keep up with me, which is a bad idea, first of all. It's a bad idea. Um I buy a bottle of this and I don't drink it for two years. Okay. So I have what's they've been around six years. Mm-hmm. I've got eight of these different years, because I sometimes buy two if I really like it. Okay. I'll try to get them tap first. Yep. Which they've got it at most places. Casual Pint had it for a while okay. here in town. All right. So I try it, see what it tastes like. And if it's something I think will will change or mellow out, then I put it in the cellar. So I have a bottle of this that I'll drink next year. Okay. And that cinnamon will hopefully push down a little bit. The chocolate will come up mm. and it will be a totally different beer in mm. here. It'd be interesting to do if we're doing these from a year from now. Yep. Pull it out and, and try another beer. The same beer just a year later and see what, what the difference is. That would are. be a lot of fun. I mean, it's a long play, but I think I can we'll be do doing it. we'll be doing these in a year. I think. Well, if we're I not hope. recording, we're just drinking beer and talking, so that's cool too. Well, one way or the other, we'll just yeah. we'll do it anyway. Put it on the calendar. I like it. So okay, so Prairie Artisan Ales out of uh, Enid. Was it Enid? No, it's Krebs. Krebs. Krebs, Oklahoma. Um, in my research here, just uh, hospitals around, uh, we have a number of nurses that work contracts in and around Krebs. So that would be Tulsa and Oklahoma City and, um, oh gosh, there was another one that had a funny name and I can't remember. No offense, Oklahomans. We have any in Norman? Any, any hospitals there? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. OU is in, uh, is in yeah. o- o- OU Med Center. Yeah. And then Children's Hospital is there too. Yeah, we have quite uh, a few. Quite a few. There's a lot. In, in the uh, licensure process has, has uh, gotten a little bit easier in Oklahoma over the years. It used to be tough. Oh, really? Yep. It used to be really, really tough. I mean, it was a solid four weeks, probably six weeks, no getting around it, and it has lightened up quite a bit. That's good. You'd, you'd really have to plan your next uh, adventure if you're going to need a six-week yes. head start on a license. Yep. And uh, no offense, again, Oklahoma, you're not really a destination state, right? I mean, there's necessarily. Depends, Depends on what you're into. I guess. If you're into Oklahoma City Thunder basketball? I guess. If you're maybe. into the history of Cowboys? Sure. Because they have a museum there and it's supposed to be really good. Oh. Um, if you're into 3-2 beer? If no. you're into yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Plains? If you're into real hot summers and thunderstorms? Thunderstorms, maybe. If you're into Tornadoes. states that have a panhandle? Okay. I mean, uh, now you're Look reaching. at the list. Now, now you're just reaching. And There's only like three states that have panhandles. Here's the thing. I can say this because being living in Nebraska, yeah. having lived a chunk of my life in Kansas, yeah. it's okay. I get it. You know, there's there's stuff to find. I mean, you can yeah. do stuff. You got to go look for it. That's so. some, some, sometimes that's the best that way is, to find yeah. stuff. It just happen upon it. Sometimes you're just having a kegger in a field, though. I mean, that's just, <sighs> that happens too. Just boil it down to that sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes you're just having a keg of old style in somebody's pasture. Of cream ale, old style, oh. in a field. Sounds delicious. I guess. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Right. Merry Christmas. So one more one more of these? Are we doing one, two more potentially? <sighs> I don't know. I've got so many Christmas beers. We could do them. We could do like an advent calendar next year. That'd be a that's lot. That's a challenge. That's a lot of work drinking, and I don't know if we'd, uh, we'd get anything else done. Well, here's, here's my proposition. Okay. Record on Fridays. Sure. After hours, of course. Of course. And then get like... Seven or eight done tasters, of course. Also, sure. of course, we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. We would never think of drinking a whole seven beers. That would be not us. No, but Dolan would exactly. Right. So, all right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>